Hey, what's going on everybody and welcome back after a very long hiatus to the Out of Water podcast hosted by yours truly, Frankie O'Reilly. I don't know why I give my name so formally, but there you go. That's who I is and that's what I'm about. So how's everybody doing? Um, I feel like I should explain myself a little bit. But before I do, it is, what, what, what's the date today? It's Tuesday. Porridge today, Gromit. Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, the 7th of September. 2021 if you want to be real precise um and yeah i've been away for a little minute i I can't quite i can't even remember the last podcast that i recorded i know it was a substantial time ago so i wanted to kind of explain where i've been really so unbeknownst to many people um it was the children's summer holidays here and um well i say unbeknownst is that even a word is that the right word unbeknownst or is it unbeknownst it doesn't sound right when I say it. Uh, either way, it was the summer holidays and um, the kids were off school. And we're on the back of kind of trying to bounce back from the lockdown. And it just got a little bit manic and free time was just non-existent. So I thought to myself, rather than keep trying to squeeze free time out of my days, which I just don't have when I've got a house full of children, um, I thought better of it. And I thought, you know what I'll do? I'm actually going to spend some quality time with the kids. And I'm going to try and do as much as I can in this short space of time that the kids are at home from school. And that's what I did. I just kind of I just kind of extended the little break that I was kind of already on from YouTube. And that's what I've been doing. So apologies for kind of going AWOL on you. I didn't do it on purpose or I kind of didn't mean to do it on purpose, but it was definitely needed because um, I kind of needed that break. I really did. And I'm, I'm going to be bouncing back over onto YouTube in the next week or so as well. Um, the reason I've been missing in action over on YouTube is I've got a lot of conditions going on in regards to my health. We all know I, I'm very, very public about it, but I have issues with my vision or therefore lack of. And it has got considerably worse over the last probably year or so. Um, it is, it's expected, unfortunately. The doctors did say there's a very good chance that it was going to probably get worse as I get older, but I'm not that old just yet, or at least I don't think I am. So I'm hoping it will kind of hang on for a little bit. But yeah, I'm having a couple of issues. Um, I've got this thing now which I'm really conscious of, of my left eye, which is my eye that doesn't do very much. Um, it closes, um, which sounds pretty harmless, but I'm very, very aware of it. So I did try recording a couple of videos um, a short while ago, well, quite a while ago, and again just recently. And I was very, very conscious of me eye closing, my left eye kind of shutting. It's because obviously it's not working. It just lets a little bit of color in. Um, and it's kind of makes things a little bit more complex and complicated for me. So it started to do its own little thing now. And it seems to like just to nod off on me. Um, I don't know much about it until I see myself in the mirror. Or, for example, the first time I noticed it, I took a selfie with one of my kids and I noticed my left eye was pretty much shut. And I was like, well, that ain't good. I did a bit of homework. There is actually eye drops that I can get. Um, but the eye drops are just basically like, a, uh, it's almost like a salt solution. Um, so it pretty much burns your eye into staying open. And with that, it becomes quite bloodshot. So I've decided to knock them on the head. I'm not doing them. Um, it's purely a vanity thing. Um, I've kind of, I'm kind of getting used to being as, as sad as it is, partially sighted. I'm kind of getting used to that. Um I got used to it physically a lot quicker than did I did mentally. Um, and yeah, I, I've had a real tough time accepting my current condition 
and accepting things in my life that have happened, I've kind of found it very easy just to kind of plod along and keep myself busy. Because in my little head, if I keep myself busy, I don't give myself time to really think about it and make them into bigger issues than I believe they need to be. Now, in hindsight, I know that was completely the wrong thing to do because I did kind of crash. Um, I crashed quite heavy and hard as well. Um, so a short while ago, I had this real massive epic mental breakdown, if you will. It sounds really dramatic, but it just basically involved me being very, very quiet um, for a short period of time just trying to make sense of everything that was going on um after a brief conversation with the right sort of people um it was i was told i was grieving i was grieving the fact that my health wasn't what it was um i was grieving family members that i've lost that i never gave myself chance to get used to them not being around anymore and yeah um i was just told to take time just take time to do things don't feel you've got to kind of keep up with such a busy schedule um so that's what i did i kind of stepped back i just kind of went back stripped it back to basics um had lots of fun being a dad again which i don't not do but i don't do it nearly enough so basically every given moment that i could i was getting the kids ready and we we're just getting out of the house and exploring and kind of i think they were helping me a lot more than i was helping them and i don't think they quite realized that but they were having a great time at the parks and the walks and all these things that we've done throughout the holidays but for me it was kind of resetting my mental well-being and it was something now that i absolutely knew that i needed i didn't know it at the time i just felt i felt like my batteries were constantly low and i couldn't seem to kind of get the energy to keep the motivation going to keep doing what i needed to do and i felt like i was really slacking um and producing quite rubbish content every time i made a video i just wasn't happy with it um i put a lot of work into things and i was never happy with the end result i always felt like i missed a lot of context out ended up just scrapping the videos and then it just kind of it just it just ran me very very thin it ran me very very thin and i wasn't in a good place and then on top of that obviously like i just said my eyes started doing that thing where it just kind of shuts on itself um when I've got my glasses on, because I wear glasses full time, it doesn't do it nearly as much. It does do it when I get tired, but I have no control over it, really. It kind of does its own thing, and I can't change that unless I want to use a solution that burns my eyeball, um, which I don't really want to do, to be perfectly honest. So I'm kind of learning to get used to it. Um, so you might see a different person on the camera when I do return in a couple of weeks, but hopefully the trolls will be kind and I won't get too many snide, nasty comments. But it is what it is. Can't change it, you know? It's just something, again, that I've got to come to terms with. Um, and then on the back back end of that, I've kind of got to come to terms with things like losing family members that I never did. Um, yeah, I kind of... I kept myself busy. It was easier for me, as a man, as a manly man, to just keep busy, to not have to face the music, so to speak. Um, and I lost some really... I mean, years ago, I lost my nana and granddad within a year of each other, I believe it was, give or take. And they were essentially like my parents. Um, and I never mourned them because I seen my family around me kind of so traumatized by them being gone that I kind of just felt like I needed to be there for everybody. And that's what I did. That's pretty much what I do. I'm really good at that. Um, so I kind of stepped up and looked out for everybody, looked out for my mother tried to keep up with my brothers and just tried to keep it as peaceful and as normal as I could for everybody else's sake. But in doing that, that worked for me short term, but unfortunately I never grieved them, you know? And then obviously I lost my stepsister 
um, not so long ago. And again, um, I knew how much of an effect that would have had on my family. So I just did what I knew to do best. And I, just, I was just there for everybody else, or at least I tried to be, you know. And then I kept myself really busy because keeping myself busy didn't give me that time to think about things. Um, so, I've, yeah, I've been through it. I'm not going to lie. I've been through a, a pretty tough couple of months, but I'm okay. I'm doing better. I've spoke to those that I need to. I've kept up with my absolutely amazing extended family over on Patreon, my Patreon supporters who have literally never doubted me for a second, which means so much because when you are feeling low and you're feeling drained, you just don't feel worth it, you know? Um, you don't feel like you're in a place of any worth to anybody. And I felt really bad having these wonderful people in my corner supporting my every move and literally giving them next to nothing in return. I felt very worthless. Um, and yeah, I'll be honest with you, it didn't, it didn't not throw, pass through my mind just to knock it all on the head and kind of cut the, cut the strings and kind of forget everything that I'd worked towards. Um, that wasn't logical, Frankie speaking or thinking. That was the down, depressed and kind of beaten version of me that was feeling that way, you know. Um, but it's took for me to kind of completely come out of the limelight, take a massive step back and kind of refocus and give myself time to want to do things again. You know, when you're doing things, I, I literally did YouTube back to back for the best part of two years. I mean, some of the content never, never seen the light of day, but the majority of the content that I was producing was going straight out there on my youtube channel each week i was uploading every single week without fail with no help from anybody else it was just me who was recording editing and all the rest of it it became an obsession if you will and i loved it and i still very much do love producing but because it became such a grind i started to lose the shine of why i was doing this in the first place um which in turn made it made the content that i was starting to produce feel a little bit cheapened a little bit less if you will um, because I wasn't enjoying the process like I once was. I just wasn't. Um, but now I've been away, I've stepped back, and I've got the hunger for it again, you know? It's a bit like when you go on a diet and you cut your favourite food out because you know damn well it's no good for you. <laughs> and then as time goes by and you start to see the results of your diet, you start going to yourself, oh, maybe, just maybe as a treat every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> you get the hunger for it you know and that's kind of what i've done i've got the hunger for it I, I miss i miss making great content for you guys uh, and that's both podcasts and obviously youtube so i am pleased to announce i am very much back i mean it isn't all doom and gloom it isn't because there is some absolutely amazing top secret project that i don't even still know to this day if I'm actually allowed to speak about it. So I'm not going to, because I will put my foot right in it. But just bear in mind, I can say it's coming out in November. Um, it was pretty special. It's quite a huge, um, monumentous thing in my life anyway. And I hope you guys will enjoy it as much as I enjoyed doing it for you. And on that note, I'm going to shut up because I'll give the game away. So hush the mush, I see no more. <laughs> But anyway, I hope everybody is doing well. I know I've got some real diehard listeners that have been emailing me and asking me where I've gone. Um, and I'm so sorry for just leaving you out to hang and dry because that was not the intention. We can officially say this is season two of the podcast. How crazy is that? That was always the plan anyway. Go so far, 
have a bit of a breather and then come back with the second season. So this is technically season two of the Out of Words podcast. And I must say the first season was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. The content I produced was really fun and uplifting. It was fun to produce and create. Um, it seems to have been very, very well perceived by the majority. And I do seem to have quite a following here on the podcast. Um, so much so that, again, people reach out and ask where I am. So if you do want to reach out, um, you can do so by contacting me at Out of Water Podcast. You, I'm going to do this wrong answer. Let me just check this. So I'm not giving you the wrong ones. Give me a second. So the podcast email address is outofwaterpodcast at gmail.com. I, was thinking, I nearly said UK, <laughs> and it isn't UK. So one more time, it is outofwaterpodcast at gmail.com. Now, you can contact me there from anything. If you want to share a funny story with the podcast, if you want to give me a little bit of feedback, um, whatever it might be, um, I'm looking. I'm also looking for affiliations, um, guests, special guests, sponsorships, long-term, short-term. I really, do you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to find a small company now and grow together with that company moving forward. That's what I'd really like to do. Um, that's the ideal situation. So if you are that little home business and you think, you know what, well, that'd be great getting a little shout out on the podcast over at over by Frankie, then do reach out because I'm absolutely all ears. I'm all listening. Um, and we can definitely hopefully figure something out. So now we've got the stinky stuff out of the way, we're going to jump straight back into the juicy stuff, which I love doing each and every week. Um, so we're going to jump into the funny stories, the funny stories that never quite made the headlines. So the first story reads, right. So just to kind of clarify, I don't read the stories directly. What I do is I read the headlines and they sound like they're going to be quite fun to talk about. Then I will obviously talk about them live with you guys in the podcast. Um, so here we go. The headline reads, TikTok bans the milk crate challenge videos, citing safety concerns. Now, I've seen these and I can absolutely see as to why they might ban them because they are horrific. I don't think I've ever seen a single person make it over these bloody crates. So basically, oh, Jesus, that's loud. Oh, I don't know if you've got a blast of that. That's music. That's what happens when you don't mute the microphone. Uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll read we'll read the story and then I'll chuck my two pennies in at the end. So the app will no longer allow people to post videos of themselves uh, strenuously walking over milk crates, pyramids that they have built in their gardens. So people attempting to people attempting to milk whatever viral fame they can from TikTok will no longer be able to do so with the milk crate challenge. I see what you did there, Mr. Writer. Very, very clever indeed. Uh, the app has banned videos of people attempting the risk trend, citing safety concerns according to USA Today. TikTok prohibits content that promotes or glorifies dangerous acts and we remove videos and redirect searches to the community guidelines. Now, that's great. Lovely. I get it. I've seen some real gnarly falls from these crates. People like landing on their heads. People like landing, bending the back backwards. I've seen it all. It's horrific. Absolutely horrific. So I have to side with TikTok here. Um, and I have to actually applaud TikTok for how quick and swiftly they've kind of stepped in to stop these. My only gripe here is about a year ago, there was a massive influx of animal abuse on TikTok from goldfish to better fish to aquariums in general, aquatic life. Um, axolotls, unfortunately, made that shortlist as well. And numerous people complained and TikTok did absolutely nothing. 
Literally, they did nothing, which I can't help but feel real gutted about because if it was child abuse or animal abuse uh, or human abuse in general, then I'd like to think, I, I guess law kind of comes in, but I guess it would be dealt with a lot quicker. But unfortunately, because it's just a fish or it's just an aquatic animal, it seems to fall on deaf ears. And I didn't even get as much as a reply. I really did kind of dig deep with TikTok. Um, I literally got hundreds of people backing me and, and complaining as well. And unfortunately, this, this sort of content is still easily, easily found over on the wonderful platform that is TikTok. So I don't know how you feel about that, but I think it's a good move that TikTok have banned that. I do get it because people are going to end up breaking limbs and everything. I get that completely. But I also wish they only acted so quickly in regards to animal abuse, which unfortunately they just don't. Oh, there is a video here. <laughs> we might have to have a little look so this is one chap doing the the milk crate challenge one step two step three step four step it's starting to wobble five step oh there we go oh shit oh dear that was it the typical backwards fall and bend the wrong way that's what he just did has anybody on a serious note has anybody seen anyone actually do these successfully because every single one i've seen people fall I've never seen anybody make it. I even watched, as sad as I am, a couple of weeks ago, I even watched a TikTok live thing that someone shared with me through WhatsApp. Um, and it was basically loads of people taking it in turns to do these challenge, this milk crate challenge. And not one sausage made it. Not one. So, yeah, that's the first story anyway. So, well done, TikTok. Completely get why you got rid of it. But I wish you'd take animal abuse a little bit more seriously. Anyway, moving on to the next story. Uh, so Michigan parents owe son $30,000 for tossing out his prized porn collection. <laughs> ah, that's brilliant. So a U.S. district judge has ruled that the gentleman's parents had absolutely no right to throw out his collection of films, magazines, and other items. Um, so a judge has ordered a Western Michigan couple to pay over 30000 to their son for getting rid of his pornography collection. A US judge, which I won't name, this week came to the decision eight months after the gentleman, who was 43 years of age, won a lawsuit against his own parents. He said, they had no right to throw out my collection of films, magazines, and other items. Um, he lived... I won't name him because I didn't name him then. Uh, lived at their Grand Haven home for 10 months after a messy divorce before moving to so-and-so Indiana. Now, <laughs> this guy is stacking over £30,000 worth of pornography. That kind of explains why his marriage broke down, I'm guessing. <laughs> Just a little guess. Just a little stab in the dark there. But if you're if you're harvesting 30000 over $30,000 worth of pornography... And then you wonder why your marriage fell apart. Oh, I think it's all there. I think it's self-explanatory, really. Um, if you spent enough, if you spent that sort of money on your missus rather than your pork sausage, um, you might you might still be wedded. Who, who'd have thought? Can you imagine? Oh, I'm ever so sorry, Mum and Dad, have had a right old time. Oh, don't worry, Sam. Do you want to move back in with us for a couple of? Oh, if you don't mind, I'll just sleep on the sofa. It's fine. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No problem. I've also got this. Um, uh, truckload of pornography. 
Saritan. Um, there was a truckload of over thirty thousand pounds worth of um, smut. <laughs> So the judge followed the value by an expert. Oh, there's an expert that values pornography. I'd love to meet him. Uh, who said that they must pay 14500 to their son's attorney. Oh, my God. Um, after moving to his new address, he learned that his possessions were missing. They didn't even tell him. They did the dirty. They threw it out and didn't tell him. Uh, the gentleman then said... I did a big... F oh, is this his dad? His dad shouted at him in court and said, I did you a big favour getting rid of all this stuff. Yeah, you tell him. Well, I don't know, I feel like... Uh, £30,000, how is that a thing? How did it, What's he got that costs that sort of money? Has he got like... I don't know, fucking Kim Kardashian's part two sex tape that no one's seen. What, what's he got? Seriously. I'm the, the closest, I don't know, I can't believe I'm going to share this story, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, I even spoke to anybody about this, not even my own mother. But when I was a young boy living at my mother's house, um, I had uh, a very, not a 30 fucking thousand pounds worth collection, but I had a very minimalized, I won't say a collection. It was just a couple of dirty magazines, right? Um, and I thought I hid them really well because I'm a clever kid. I was like, yeah, no one's going to find them there. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'll be fine. Anyway, this one particular morning, I was having a look at my <clears throat> content, if we will. Um, and then the next thing I heard, my mum shout me, uh, Fran, your friend's at the door. And I thought, oh, fucking hell. So I quickly kind of shoved it on under, on my bed and pulled the blanket over the, over the, over the comics. The comics. <laughs> I've never masturbated to a comic in my life um, over my dirty content, shall we say. Um, I went down. My mate's like, you coming out, mate? I was like, no, nah, not today, lads. Oh, come on. And then one thing led to another. I ended up going out with my mates. Totally, totally forgetting they had my collection out upstairs, all three magazines. But a collection, nevertheless. Totally forgot. Completely gone out of my head. I went out. had a really good time. Played a bit of basketball with the boys. Came home. And then on the way back to the house... It suddenly dawned on me. <gasps> I left my magazines out on bed. Oh, shit. <laughs> it just kind of sprung on me. Hey, no pun intended. And I thought, oh, shit. I mean, mum was a shit for tidying my room. Whenever I went out, at the very least, she'd go in. And what would she do? She'd make me bed. And I thought, oh, fucking hell. So anyway, goes in. And I pop my head around the door. I go, all right, all right, mum. Back now. Yeah, I'm all right, son. No problem. I was like, okay. I thought she hadn't said anything. That's got to be a good thing. So I quickly runs upstairs, opens my bedroom door, and lo and behold, me me bed's been made. And I thought, oh, shit. Oh, that's it then, isn't it? Shame. Shame, shame, shame. Now, luckily at this age, I didn't have a, a niche of what sort of things I liked. It was just whatever I could get me filthy hands on, being the young teenager that I was. Um, so I had no like kind of like particular sort of comic or comics again i'm obsessed <laughs> no particular sort of magazines out shall we say but just the sheer horror of my mum finding them was enough but i was like where where are they they've, they've been moved lots under the bed nowhere to be seen where, where are they gone and i had this horrible thing i thought right do i go downstairs and put her on blast and be like oi fucking hell you're done with my fucking magazines or do i do the most sensible thing and just fucking say nothing so I did the most sensible thing, and I fucking said nothing. 
<laughs> I literally said nothing. Um, and to this day, um, that conversation never been had. I can only assume that she removed the said smut and it ended up going into the bin. Um, I don't know, but they disappeared and I never seen them again. Um, and yeah, that's that's about as, as adventurous as my my stories go, really. But yeah, to this day, to this very day, I've never spoke that conversation. So there you go. You've learned something new about me today, haven't you? Don't judge me too heavily. I was a horny, I was a horny teenager. What can I say? Uh, anyway, we're going to move on to the next story. Um, so the next story reads: Where are we? So yeah, that's the filthy porn. Thirty thirty thousand pounds worth, though. I'm genuinely. I won't mind having a quick browse of his collection. Don't worry, I won't get me willy out or anything. But I won't mind having a look at his collection. What's he got that can? Honestly, power up your collection to thirty thousand pounds. I've got some serious worth collections, like autographs and stuff, and Funko Pops, and I got a good collection, right? That don't even come to a quarter of that. So, what that guy's harvesting that comes to thirty thousand dollars, I have no idea. Anyway, doorbell camera captures two little owls in the middle of a minor dispute. Right? Is there a video? I think there's going to be a video, isn't there? Um, let me have a little look. Oh yeah, there's a video. I don't ever want to watch it yet. No, we'll read the story first. So three little owls put on a show, goofing around in front of a doorbell camera. Then two of them had a minor dispute over an insect, as you do. you got to read in this word, don't you? Uh, one owl then dropped the bug, and another quickly hopped over and snatched it up to quickly make a tasty meal in his beak as he swallowed it down before the first owl could take it back. Then the two stared directly at the camera like... Did you just see what fucking happened there? Uh, and all the while, a third owl could be seen hopping around in the background, clearly oblivious to the battle that was about to go down. Right, let's watch the video. Uh, so here we go. Oh, they're cute little owls. They're little, I think they're actually called... They're actually called little owls, aren't they? Or tiny owls or something. Tiny owls. Always oh, seen the bug. Oh, yes. His brother beats them to it. Oh, Oh, yes, sly dog. It's a bit like when you share a picture. Who does that, For firstly? Am I the only one that doesn't want to share a pizza, or is that just me being a fat boy? Do you know, like, when people buy a pizza, they go, shall we share it? Fuck off, share it, get your own. <laughs> share a pizza. But that was just like that. Do you know when you have to share a pizza in those really awkward awkward times? Let's say you're visiting a, a family member, and they buy a pizza to share. And everyone's got to share a pizza. Um, and it's that last slice that's on the box and no one really wants to claim it because they don't want to be the fat one out of the group. I'm the fat one out of that group. I'll take that fucking pizza, believe me. But um, it was a bit like that, bless him. The little owl dropped his little meal and then his brother just kind of kind of bobbing along like, yup, I'll have that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely adorable. And then you have a bit of a fight. Yeah, that was a bit of a boring short story, but there we go. Um... <laughs> I think my pizza story was probably a bit more better, to be honest. Anyway, moving on to the last news story before we get on to the Dear Debbie Downer bit, because we all know everyone likes the Debbie Downer stuff. So the last headline reads, Girl meets Gull at New Jersey... Oh, this is brilliant. At New Jersey Amusement Park and gets smacked in the face. Now, you've probably seen this, because this did go quite viral, to be perfectly honest. So, yeah, this was all over the place, all over social media. But basically, one it's uh, I'll, read, I'll read the story, then we'll talk about it. Um, a 13-year-old from Pennsylvania 
got more than she bargained for when when seeking a thrill on a ride at an amusement park she got the shock of her life during the ride when a seagull who was mid-flight face planted the girl <laughs> and her friend as they were aboard a spring is it a spring shot ride i think i thought it's called a slingshot ride anyway don't one of those like slingshot rides where it just kind of like catapults you into the air i'm sure everybody's seen this now unfortunately i'm currently using the huffington post here for me stories and for whatever oh no here we go about to say for whatever reason it won't let me watch it so the poor girl is on one of the rides which is must be it must be naturally scary in itself in it i mean you're getting flung off in the air at whatever miles per hour you've got not much say or control in the matter once you're all strapped in ready to go and then during the ride this poor girl gets smacked clean in the face by a seagull now the thing is you'd think oh it's only a seagull I'm sure you just kind of clipped it and carried on. No, 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 no. The seagull kind of latched itself around the harness, around the girl's neck. It's brilliant. If you haven't seen it, seriously, just put in uh, just put in girl on slingshot ride seagull on Google and it'll come up. It's absolutely epic. I mean, it wouldn't have been epic for the poor girl. I am going to watch the video now without sound because obviously it'll blare out. Um, the poor girl, she's, she's just sat there. And then boom. Oh, God, I can only imagine that must have been... <laughs> that must have been absolutely horrible. I mean, I think she's... I mean, her face in the moment when it very first hits, it's kind of like hugging her almost. Um, must have been absolutely petrifying. But I do think once she removes the ghoul from her face, I think she does see the funny side in it a little bit because she starts laughing about it with a friend. I don't know if that's a little bit of nerves, though, to be honest, kicking in. A face full of feathers. I mean, normally, it's when you got a bag of chips, you see the seagulls. But in this case, I don't think you expect to be smacked in the chops or given mouth-to-mouth by a seagull. Uh, or when you're on a, a fairground ride. The funny bit is, though, right, obviously, that must have been quite an impact. Obviously, it didn't hit her in the face. Luckily, it kind of hit her around the neck. But the, the harness took the majority of it, I believe, from what I could see. Um... But the beautiful, beautiful thing is, is the seagull, which you'd assume would be game over, wouldn't you? You'd assume being hit at that sort of speed, completely, completely unaware of what's going on, you'd think that the seagull would be KO'd and that would be that, but the seagull actually flies off. I mean, you only get to see a, a couple of seconds glimpse of it, but once she removes the gull, it does kind of flap its wings and... Um, and yeah, it flies off. So it appears that it's all it's all a bit of fun in the end. But yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about that getting smacked in the face by a girl. Wasn't there wasn't there, a, um, wasn't there an actor that got smacked by a, a a duck or something or a swan? Let's have a look. Actor, it's in face. Yeah, on a, on a roller coaster. I'm sure of it. It's quite an old video. On roller coaster. Let's have a look. I can't remember if it is or anything. Yeah, Fabio. It has been 20 years since Fabio killed a goose. Oh, with his face on a roller coaster by the size of his nose. I'm not surprised. <laughs> the poor the poor bloody goose has no chance. Is there a video of this? Oh, no, it's all like news. I don't want to watch that. But yeah, he got smacked. I mean, being hit by a goose, that, that, that's a bit of weight on that, isn't it? Let's be honest. Geese are massive. So to be clobbered in the face, I mean, it's... Is there a short video of that? Because I would love to see it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Woo! 
oh no thank you his nose is splattered to be honest with you i don't know how much of that is his own blood or the poor goose that he smacked a lot of birds get clobbered by roller coasters after a quick google search you know you put in uh, hitting the face on roller coaster or anything there's literally a dozen or so like new images of like birds getting smacked jesus oh need to need to have a word with the birds can't cross here gotta use traffic lights <laughs> anyway that's the news for this week we're going to move on now to the um dear debbie downer segment of the podcast so if you're new to the podcast what i do here is i go scrolling the internet for agony aunt stories so people that are looking for advice in their jobs in their relationships um and they write to an agony aunt online now what i do is i nick them stories and i read them as if they'd written to me and then i try my best to answer them back the best i can now just to clarify nobody's written to me nobody in the right mind would want my advice about these sort of things but for a bit of fun we're going to jump straight in with the right old filthy one here so the headline reads um don't fool around i'm worried my wife's massive sex toy will hurt her dear debbie downer i'm really worried that my wife's new sex toy will cause her some damage it's massive I'm 38 and she is 37. And a right old mare by the sound of it. <laughs> We've been married for 10 years and I've had a really good sex life. Really good, apparently. Um, <laughs> a few weeks ago, she bought a toy which she has nicknamed Roger. <laughs> I guess it's a rabbit, isn't it? Uh, it's pink and absolutely huge. And she loves me to watch her playing with it. I bet she does. Um, I'll admit, it turns me on. And it really has revved up our sex life engine. Ooh, I didn't know we had an engine. Uh, but I am concerned it might injure her. She'll be fine. Uh, these <laughs> Are these large, oversized toys safe, I ask? And what if, after using it, she feels... I There's the... This is what he's trying to get at. He's not bothered about her... Uh, cracking a minjaro he's more worried about if his wee willy winky is going to stand up to the to the task now um so the real question is after using it i'm worried that she feels i'm no longer enough for her there we go let's get to the real pot problem here i tried to talk to her about it but she just laughs and says that i was being silly and being jealous right right so if this gentleman had written to me i'd say to him She'll be fine. Um, I know I know the truth. You've not written to ask if she'd hurt herself with it or not. You've basically worried about her wrecking a garden, so it's no good for you to plough. That's what you're more worried about, just be honest. Just be honest. That's the truth. You're more worried about your tratter than her sex toy, aren't you? Um, believe me, you'll be fine. <laughs> and believe me your wife will be very 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 fine by the sounds of it just keep the battery stocked up that's all i suggest <laughs> anyway moving on to the next story the next debbie downer story reads dear debbie downer my husband not my husband but the writer person's husband suggested a threesome and i was furious at first but when i got used to the idea um an organized one he became the furious one Ooh, plot twist 
Uh, dear Debbie Downer, my husband suggested a threesome, but when I got somebody lined up for it, he accused me of cheating. I'm 37, he is 42, and we've been married for five years. Uh, we love traveling. That's nice. And when we go away, we have sex anywhere and everywhere. Yeah, filthy cares. My husband loves scheduled villas uh, where we can t walk around naked and live as nature intended. I love that. Love it. Strip off. Be as free as the wind. Uh, things were boring during the pandemic when there was the limit to how adventurous we could be. So my husband started talking to me about having a that's three people in the bedroom or the villa <laughs> he thought it would be a turn on to see me with another man i was up for anything so i agreed oh i'm up for that she said a friend of my brother's was planning my brother's 40th birthday party and i asked him for help <laughs> how casual was that what are you here mate uh, i got a thing got a question for you um, I'd known him since school and always fancied him. Yeah, you're kind of setting this up for the fail, aren't you? He's 39 and he's single. Uh, our messages were friendly at first, but then they got a little bit more flirty. Oh, eventually I plucked up the courage to ask him if he'd ever liked me. You're making this far too personal. When he asked why, I said, have you ever had a threesome? He said he had one once with some of his girlfriends at university he also said he'd be willing to do it again i bet he fucking would uh i couldn't wait to tell my husband but instead of being pleased he went ballistic called me all sorts of names and said i'd betrayed him and was nothing more <gasps> i dare you he called her a cheap slut oh take those words back you nasty nasty man um so my question is I've apologised to my friend and I've had to block his number for fear my husband is going to do something else. It'll do him if you're not careful. Uh, my husband made... That sounds terrible. My husband made me feel dreadful but still talks on having a threesome like nothing's ever happened. I don't dare go along with it this time. The reason he's gone bananas is the third person's meant to be kind of a stranger, if you will, or at least I'd assume. I'm not used to this kind of life, but I'm assuming... Because you obviously you've got history, you knew this guy. He was a friend, you said. Um, I'm assuming it's a little bit too close to home. There's a lot of chances of feelings kind of igniting, if you will. So you've probably pissed your fella off. And I'm pretty sure you're meant to pick someone together. Yes, I'm sure there's specialist websites for this sort of thing. Um, and yeah, you've made it a little bit too personal. Um, yeah, so good luck with that. Good luck indeed. Uh, moving on to the next Dear Debbie Downer for this week. Uh, dear Debbie Downer, I'm sick of my phony friend's put-downs. Should I ditch her? The opener reads. Dear Debbie Downer, I'm finding it difficult to deal with my confrontational friend. She criticises nearly everything I say and do. I have only known her, I have only known her for a few years, but she has always been the same. If anything, I would say she's getting worse with age. Oh dear. Not like a fine cheese, then. Um, not the way I use cheese and not wine. Do you know why? Because I love cheese. <laughs> We've spent a day together last week, but everything I said did. Everything I said, she did her best to undermine, 
I hate confrontation, if I'm honest, so I tend to keep quiet to keep the peace, even though I know most of the things she says are not right. That's not right. Um, I felt I feel down and depressed when I'm with her. I don't know whether I want to carry on this friendship, if I'm honest. I'm a woman of 46, while my friend is 48. Um, get rid of her. There we go. Short and simple. Don't waste your time on relationships, friendships, where you feel that way. It's not even worth it. Um, we have this thing with families, don't we? Where, oh, it's your brother. Oh, it's your sister. Oh, it's your mother. Oh, it's your uncle. Oh, it's your auntie. You're meant to kind of give them this green light to be an absolute arsehole every now and again. They can do things because, you know, that's family. No, balls to that. I say toxic people don't belong in your life. It's as simple as that. It's as brutal as it might sound, but it's as truthful as it comes. If you've got something in your life that's bringing you down, then simply remove that person. They're not worth it. They're not worth your energy. They're not worth your time. And they're most certainly not worth the tears. So, yeah, remove them. Remove them from your life like a stinky old Band-Aid. The way I see it, right, you, I've said this to a few friends before. Um, you might view somebody, like when you have a friendship with somebody or a relationship with somebody, how you see them in your mind, we have a terrible guilty habit of thinking, of thinking that's how they view you. So let's say you're in a relationship with Bob and you love Bob. Bob's the absolute business. Business Bob, we call him. He's the business. You love him. Everything about him. You love his slick back hair. You love his hairy arms, whatever it might be. You love Bob. Bob's the genius. Bob is Bob. He might, you instantly see Bob as something really good. So you instantly assume that Bob feels that way about you, that Bob has the same sort of high up feelings and, com and compliments in his mind about you. Now, unfortunately, Bob might be a right old bastard and he might, he might not feel the same. He might portray that he feels the same and he might be all right, Bob, but he's not brilliant, Bob. So don't get don't fall for the trap of seeing people or expecting people to see you how you see them does that make sense i hope it does anyway moving on to the last segment of the podcast the last story for this week so dear debbie downer in the past 10 years i have only had sex with my wife three times Ooh, 10 years Ooh, less for murder on our wedding day at christmas and on my birthday oh she wraps it up like it's a gift <laughs> disgusting <laughs> i hate people that do that oh i've got a present for you <laughs> you better have a fucking present after this shag or i'm gonna be fuming uh, <laughs> i'm good today's me doing all the work and uh, that's my present <laughs> you're lying there like a corpse where's the sense in this where's, where's the gift i'm waiting for the ribbon where is it <laughs> Uh, whenever I've tried to talk to her about it, she explains she just never feels like it. Um, she thinks there is nothing wrong with not being that intimate. I am 38 and she's 36. We have been together for 11 years and have one miracle daughter, age six. Are oh, you calling a miracle just for that reason? When I last brought it up, my, my wife said if I want sex that I should go to a prostitute. Ugh. I don't want anyone else, but she is so dismissive, I can't help wondering why I stay with her when I feel so neglected in the bedroom. Oh, dear. Um, Yeah, she's being a bit of a tight cow, isn't she? <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, 
I say I give advice. I'm not saying it's good advice. I'm not saying anybody should listen to it. But the, the, the way I see it, if you strip back that part of a person or that part of a relationship, you've just got a friendship, haven't you? Then that's great if you want to be friends with that person. But if you're trying to initiate a relationship with that person, um, there needs to be some leeway from both partners there to find that happy medium. I'm being so, why am I being so serious? Why am I being so serious here? He's not actually ripped to me. He's never going to, he's never going to hear this podcast. Uh, but yeah, there needs to be a happy medium is what I'm trying to say. But in the meantime, I won't go near any prostitutes because that's going to cause an old lavaca of problems, aren't it? Uh, going to have so many problems. Um, let, I'm actually quite intrigued here as to what the agony aunt actually said. So let's have a read, shall we? Um, it's unrealistic for your wife to think your marriage can survive uh, without sex. But you are right. Sex with a prostitute is not the solution. Thank you very much. You must have heard me. Uh, perhaps your wife has an emotionally cold upbringing, which has made her intimacy feel unnatural to her. Or maybe something in her past has put her off. She tries to get her to read a leaflet. Take Talk to her about what lies behind the loss of her sex drive. Kissing, cuddling and caressing one another with no pleasure to have sex at first is also a good start. Yeah, for her. <laughs> no worse than you're in the mood and, you know, someone's standing to attention. Then all of a sudden, no, you're not getting none. Because you're just left with this third person almost in between your legs. It's not going to go anywhere. Not, it's not good. Not a good start, I'm afraid. Uh, my here we go. My support pack is she not keen on sex? Explains more. Feel free to download it here. No, thank you. No, thank you very much. Uh, so there we go. That is the podcast. Um, if you've enjoyed or want to add a few two pennies um, with anything podcast related, then please be sure to do so by reaching out at out of water podcast at gmail.com. That is out of water podcast at gmail.com and that's it i'll see you all next week they're going to be back now to regular uploads on the podcast i'll see you in a couple of weeks over on the wonderful platform that is youtube i hope you'll join me over on there i just want to give another quick shout out and an absolute tilt of my invisible hat to my lovely friends over on patreon who support all my endeavors and kind of believe in me when i probably stopped believing in myself you guys are the real mvps of everything i do so thank you all for being amazing i love you all to bits and i will see you all very very soon so until next week toodly doo